Aussie music is something to be proud of. Wear it like a badge. Because it's Australian bands and artists that are the influencers of so many other musicians the world over. So at Triple M, we're proud to be able to showcase the power of the Aussie music scene. Paying both homage to the greats that have stood the test of time, right alongside the current, the emerging, the future influencers. The ones that will be next to make their mark on the global music scene. If it's Aussie and it rocks, it's right here. This is Triple M's Homegrown with Matty O. Yes, right around the country on the Triple M Network. This is an exciting chat. We welcome proud Yorty Yorty artist out of Melbourne, back with new music, powerful messaging in his songs, an incredible career so far. You know him. Tracks like Forgotten Australia. Runaway 2, by the Hands of Time. Over 50,000 sales, sold out tours. We welcome new music too. Deadly Heart. Um, on vocals as well, Judy, on this song is uh, the one and only Hayley Mary, as I welcome the one and only, it's been too long, Mr. Scotty Darlow back to Homegrown. How are you, brother? Mate, I'm super. How are you? I'm good, mate. Hey, this is hard to believe. First album yeah. since 2016. I know. The pandemic sort of just kicked us in the nuts. Yeah. Bit, so. and, I, and I guess things have kind of transitioned to singles as well yeah. now, which, which is a good thing. So, too. yeah, I've dropped some singles along the way. But, of course. But, um, yes, album time. 11 tracks. Yeah. Exciting. Yeah, pumped. Take us back to the start, man. You, you're... You're a natural-born storyteller, so hey, mm. tell me about this album, the start, where it began. Yeah, so it was cool, man. Like we had, um, I'd been dropping singles, and mid 2020, I released a song called "You Can't See Black in the Dark" that you guys gave a good amount of airplay to, which was amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so it was, it was really the whole way that that unfolded. I I released it on a Thursday, and as you know, Triple M have been super um, supportive of my music and, and my stories. Yeah, of course. And so I actually texted the song to Fitzy at the time I was running the station. Mm-hmm. And he, that was in the morning. By lunchtime, I got a message going, Mick Malloy and Jane Kennedy will be premiering it tonight. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I, straight I away, that it, was just, it was on, you know. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was frothing because, you know, like I love Mick Malloy and love <laughs> yeah. Jane Kennedy and love Triple M. Anyway, so they, they played the single. And I think by, t- by 10 o'clock that night, it was at number two on the iTunes charts. Mm. And it just went off. And so at 11.30, I got a phone call from Michael Gudinski who – MG and I'd been mates for a long time. So it's eleven thirty that night. Yeah, and that was Whoa. his MG. That was what he loved to do. Was just he didn't care. The, the, the clock did not matter to MG. Yeah, and uh, and he rang me at eleven thirty at night, and he goes, you know, and I'll try and do his voice as best I can here, but he goes, look, you've been real patient. I'm going to start a new record label, and you're the first person I'm putting on it. Whoa. It's called Reclusive Records. Right, I'm going, and he hung up, and. You know, that was, it was like. Do you dude, think someone was pranking you? Nah, because I had him saved in my phone. The first yeah. time he rang me, I actually didn't have him saved and I screened him because I didn't know it was him. But, <laughs> yeah. And he told me never to do that again. But, um, yeah. but no, man, it was <laughs> rad, you know. And so he starts this label and, and, um, and he, and he signed me for, you know, for three albums, two of, they've got the option on the next two. So this one needs to go well. So all of you fellas get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be playing it here, go, man. Don't go worry about that. pre-buy the album. Otherwise I'll get dropped. No, 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 pressure. no, 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 no. Um, <laughs> but yeah. And, and it was just amazing to, you know, to have somebody who knows music like he did, believe in it to an extent where he goes, you know yeah. what? Don't worry about singles, mate. Go make me an album. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of so. And then we got stuck, to, stuck into it. And, and obviously like sadly, uh, we lost. We lost MG, and mm. so that's kind of pushed things back a little bit. Just trying to figure out, yeah, of course, within the Mushroom family, the music, you know, yeah. the label, how, how how this fits in that regard. But um, 
but I'm really f- so blessed because I'm actually working with Michael's daughter, Kate, with her husband, Mackie, um, who is a freaking powerhouse. He's, yeah. he's amazing, Mackie. Yeah. Um, and so he's just championing me and helping me and yeah. advising me and- yeah, I feel like we're going to do really good things with this record. Well, dude, I'm liking what I've heard so far. And, you know, you're working, you're working with the one and only Joel Quartermain. I am. I'm working with, um, with Joel Quartermain. For those who don't know Joel, he is the, he's one of the three members of Eskimo Joe. He plays record, he plays drums on the record. So you would have an affinity with him because you're both <laughs> buddy drummers who drive people stupid. <laughs> yeah. Um, but alive, he plays guitars and he, he, I've been working with him for a few years now, like just writing, recording and, um, he's made me a 50% better songwriter overnight. What do you like, put that down to? Well, he's very brutally, brutally honest. <laughs> so trimming the, trimming the well, fat, you could say. No, no, you know, he's, I mean, the way him and I work together, he, he writes with a lot of artists and produces a lot of artists. Like anything that's getting added to radio in this country, he's probably had something to do with it at the moment. Mm, like he's mm-hmm. very good. He will start from scratch with most artists, whereas with me, it's a little bit different, um, and it turns out, like, we went to the same high school as each other a few years apart. What a trip. Just, yeah. So there's this real, we've become really, really good mates, but I will take him songs, you know, and then he will go, right, let's deconstruct and reconstruct it. And is this as good as it can be? You know, so Black in the Dark, that song I was talking about before, mm. I actually took him a version of that that I'd recorded with somebody else. And he was like, no, nah, this isn't cool enough. And we we pulled it apart and re-recorded it. Mm. And that song changed my career. Yeah. You know, so that's what he does. Lyrically, he's he's such a storyteller that he will really be very strict on me with my lyrics and not let me be lazy. Um, you know, so that's probably the big thing for him, for me with him is his lyrics. Like I've I write pretty good hooks if I can say that. Like my melodies are good. But he, I agree, I agree. But yeah, but he is amazing with lyrics. You know, so. Well, you're a natural, a bit, a bit of background as well when you're mm. not doing music. You're going out to schools and you're educating yep. the next generation on Indigenous history. And I've, and I've seen you speak. It's, yep. it's quite moving watching you kind of, you know, break down the history of Australia. Mm. Um, so you're a natural born storyteller. How much of that goes into, you know, the lyrics and discussing that with Joel? And Oh, yeah, heaps. It's everything. I mean, and the thing about Joel, the funny thing about Joel is like that he's written with Jess Malboy. He's He just wrote and produced Dan Sultan's new record. Which, by the way, is unbelievably yeah, good. Yeah. You know, so he's, he's, I, I laugh at him. And funny where Joel's from, he's from Perth, you know, and over there, the Quartermain, that name Quartermain, there's a lot of blackfellas who have, that's a big Aboriginal name, is Quartermain. So mm. I tease him often and go, mate, maybe your mum was a bit looser than what you, <laughs> maybe you might be a blackfellow. Who knows? <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's a good man and uh, I'm very grateful for him. Okay. So just recently announced, secrets out, I could say, you're about to embark on a massive tour this year. Oh, yeah, mate, it's out. Everyone knows about it. Okay, it's, talk you know, to me, mate. I've seen some of the dates here, Yeah, but I haven't seen the full list of dates that have been banded around. Well, yeah, it's it's ever-growing because I'm harassing my booking agent into adding more <laughs> dates, and yeah. he's, he's, he's like, no. Yeah. Um, but we are doing pretty much four months driving around the country, so I'll get a Ford Transit long-wheel-based, I'm told it's I love called. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, mate, we start in Tassie for a weekend, and then we go on to Albury, and then we cruise across to Uluru. We're going to Darwin. We're going across from there to Broome. Yeah. All the way down the west coast to Albany, Esperance, and then across to Sejuna, Port Lincoln, Wyala, Adelaide, and then up to Cairns, down the east coast. Final show, album launch, Corner Hotel, October 28th. And then you've got uh, the week before you at the Vanguard in Sydney. Yes. Lefty's Music Hall. Have you played there before? 
I have not played That's there, but fun. I've been there for a big night where <laughs> yeah. it got a little bit loose. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, and talk to me, like, a lot of these gigs as well, you're going to be kind of stripping it down. Right? Uh, no, 50-50. There'll be a lot of band shows. Because um, the boys in my band, once they found out I was driving around Australia, because you got to remember, man, a lot of people work their whole lives in some crap job they hate so they can save up their money and drive around once. Mm. And we're going to get to do it, and we're doing... All of these shows, except for the Vanguard and the Corner, are free entry, right? So it's like, and that came about from talking to MG, to Gadinsky, who, you know, he used to go, mate, in the 80s, and you'd hear, and I saw, you know, you see these cutouts of like 1983, Saturday night, and you had In Excess at one front front bar, and then you had bloody Men at Work at another one, and you had Cold Chisel at another one. And how good is Australia's rock and roll scene? Now, it was before my time, but mm. I'm just the, the, the vision I've had is let's go and bring that back, man. So we're playing the Tennant Creek Sporties Club. Nice. We're playing bloody the Railway Club in Darwin. We're yeah, playing yeah, yeah. like Port Headland Walkabout. We're playing mm. the Rosemont in Perth. Hell yeah. And they're all free entry, just rock and roll shows. Get yourself along. It's going to be raucous. Do you feel like that's the future of Australian touring? Because Kingswood are doing something similar. They've bought a bus and they've just decked yeah. it out and they're living on it. I'm pretty sure they copied me. Even I reckon they, they might have. Even though they're doing it first. <laughs> no, but those like, guys are awesome. Yeah, yeah. I think. Do you think that'll be the way that you know Australian bands tour now? I mean, like the cost, of, as you know, the cost oh, of everything is so expensive. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Look, I, I don't know, man. I think I think you got to do what you got to do. But I, for me, I just I wanted to tell stories of. Different and the other side of it for me is being an Aboriginal man. You know, there, there's 300 different Aboriginal nations in this continent that we call Australia. So I want to be able to go around and experience the nuance and the beauty and the joy and the difference in between each of those nations, and make a fantastic podcast, hopefully for Triple M's listener app along the way, and uh, tell some amazing stories on TikTok. So if you don't follow me on TikTok, you probably need to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, That's yeah. It's really important to kind of document those things, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, man, and just have conversations. Like I've got a chat lined up with a fellow in Darwin, Michael McLean. He used to play for Brisbane Lions and Footscray. Yeah, I remember Michael McLean. And yeah. his story about trying to play AFL footy in the early 80s and what that journey was like mm. and – like, I can't wait to talk to him, but then he's going to tell me a bit about Larrakia country up there in Darwin. Like, that's going to be unreal. Yeah. You know? So those kind of conversations that I'm going to get to have. Um, dude, I'm so pumped. I can't wait. Mate, how are you going to keep up to date with all the Geelong scores? Dude, you know, <laughs> you know that I will have, like, I'll have a sus. Don't worry about that. And you know what I've actually done? Do you know what I've done? Yeah. I have scheduled the last weekend in September of no shows. Oh, you have too. Do you know why? Grand final. You know why? Because the Geelong Cats are looking good? They're, well, they're not really. Well, they actually are on the weekend. They had a good yeah, win, yeah, but yeah, yeah. they'll be there. They're unlike. They're the polar opposite of Collingwood. Collingwood looked great in June. Yeah, that's true. I really I really like that, man. And that, the Cats just go, we'll get it done when it counts. Dude, that's exciting. Yeah. How um how are the family going to do? Are they going to pop in and out of these they shows? They are. They're coming to Uluru. I just booked their tickets today, actually, to nice. fly to Uluru. And yeah, they're going cool. to they're come to Broome, and they're going to come down that coast. So they're going to see uh, you know Ningaloo Reef and Monkey Mire. And nice. Some of those beautiful places, Exmouth. So that's going to be mint. How many singles are we going to get before the album comes out? Do you oh, reckon? There's the one that's out now. There's another one called Congratulations, which is an angry rock song I wrote about the Queen of England before she died. Okay. You fellas will love that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and there's another one actually that I wrote. I won't say it's about, but it's called You Don't Own God. And I'm pushing the label to release that as a single as well. But we'll see how that goes. Yeah. And working with Hayley Mary, of course, Jezebel's incredible solo career. Married yep. to Johnny Took as well from yep. the DMAs. Yep. What was it I'm like? I'm hanging kind of- out with musical royalty, aren't I? You do? What was that like? Uh, it, mate, it's amazing. We played together on Saturday night, just gone for the first time together. We sang the song together at a festival. and nice. um, You know what? She is a freaking queen. Like, I went and saw her play at the forum with, with the Jezebels when they did the tour last year, was oh, it? Oh, yeah. It was the last year? Or yeah, was yeah, it? yeah, yeah. I was there too. Uh, yeah, dude. She 
is the best rock and roll singer, female rock singer in this country. She, I agree. By, by a long stretch. Yep. She is, and on stage, it's like she channels Stevie Nicks, mm. except she's way younger and cooler. <laughs> yeah. Um, and hasn't done as much coke. And Australian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and she's an Aussie. Yeah. She, dude, she's a boss. She's like, I can't even, I, I'm so excited. I, I can't wait for people to hear this song because she is so good on it. Awesome, man. Well, I want to ask you about a few shows. We call mm. this little segment. Memory Lane, where we yeah. pluck gigs randomly from your gig history, right, and I'm okay. especially keen to hear about the one that you did on Saturday. Other performers, performers, uh, Thelma Plum, Dan Sultan, of course. Yeah. Uh, Treaty Day, tell us about that. Dude, it was so good. It was... um. Yeah, it was the third treaty gig I've gotten to do, and actually the first one with with uh, the first one we did was also with Yothi Indy, and they invited me on stage to play didgeridoo with them in there oh, in, nice. during treaty on that first one. One of the mo- best moments of my life. Yeah. Um. But yeah, look, it was epic. It was big. We got to play the song with Haley for the first time. There was Great. five thousand people there. Oh. The stage was massive, and yeah, you know, it was fun. My guitar was super loud, which I love. Yeah. What did the sound guy say? Did you say you had to keep it at a lower level? Well, you know, I've actually done him a massive favor. The sound guy is one of my oldest friends in the world. His name's Spike and he's ridiculously talented. Yeah. I bought a 20 watt, I've got a custom made 20 watt head, right? And a single 12 inch cab for the guitar players out there will know what that means. Yeah. It means that I can turn it up and it's still not loud. <laughs> but when it's got a little microphone and it's coming through a massive line array speaker rig there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's. Bloody loud at that point. How was hanging out backstage and just kind of seeing everyone, you know? Yeah, look, it's nice. All those, those gigs with the treaty gigs, like, because it's an all Indigenous lineup. So, mm. you know, Dan was back there and had the. Uh, do you know what was cool was actually, I was hanging out and having a yarn with Jess Malboy, and she looks at me, she goes, I've got your CD. And, and I was like, How'd you get my CD? It's one of my old albums, you know? She's like, Oh, I'm not telling you. And she wouldn't. And I think my mate J.R. Rain gave it to her. Oh, of course. Yeah, I've sure. Because they were on that show together. And Oh, cool. But uh, my kids, my ki- my daughters, which just could not believe that Jess Mowboy had their stupid oh. dad CD. Like, you know. <laughs> You're like cool now. You're cool forever. Yeah, no, until Tuesday. That <laughs> yeah. no, was fun, mate. It was a great gig. Awesome, man. Let's talk uh, under the southern stars. You are mine. Pretty gurus, Eskimo. Another little band called British India. Getaway Pan and this. Let's Scott circle back Dal- to British India. No, no, no. That was a fun tour, right? Dude, we had a lot of fun on that tour. Yeah. Do you know what was amazing about that? Like, I have so many good memories from that run of shows, and that was a lot of fun. Probably my favourite one. I had, a, I had a young fella living with me at the time. He was doing pre-season at Geelong, and he's from the Central Australia. Like, I don't know if you remember meeting Jeremiah, but he was yeah, I do, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big legend, and he's like family to me. But anyway, we played the Gold Coast show, and he comes up to me after the show, and he goes, "We're backstage, you know, in the artist area." He goes. Hey, listen, I'm going off with these fellas. Um, they've invited me out for some drinks and I'm going to go with them. Is that all right? And I'm like, he goes, you can come. And I said, oh, I'm too tired. I turn around, he's off with he's off with Sarah McLeod and Tim Rogers. Oh, God. And I'm like, mate, <laughs> here's my number. Text me if you're in a safe place, if you need a safe space. <laughs> and how was it the next day? Oh, he was rough. Yeah, was yeah, rough. yeah. yeah. Uh, but that was a fun tour, right? Because it goes like regionally. It's good yeah. to play in a big festival that goes regional too. It was amazing, yeah. I really enjoyed it a lot. And and like hanging out with you guys and even yeah, the we- getaway playing boys who are amazing. Yeah. And Eskimo Joe, who are some of my best mates. So I feel was, like we made yeah. everyone made a really good friendship on that tour. It was it was beautiful. Awesome, man. Let's mm. talk about playing uh, with this man. Jimmy Barnes shutting down our town tour yeah. in Cairns, man. That would have been oh, sick, dude. That was the that that show was one of the top five of my life that we've ever done. 
it was probably the I think it was the last the second last show. So we were we were tight and we played well, and it was probably six or seven thousand people outdoors on the foreshore, and the sun was like setting, and we played really well. Right, we finished the set with Solid Rock, so everybody sing along. And Jimmy, I don't know, if you, I don't know if you know this, but most of those guys when you open for them, they are in their dressing room getting ready while you play. But Jimmy's yeah. the one guy. He'll stand there and watch you play, right? Love that. And, and yeah, he doesn't support you. Yeah. You know, so anyway, I walk off stage and the crowd are frothing and Jimmy's looking there. He's like, how'd you go, mate? <laughs> and I'm going, Jimmy, we killed it. And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. gives me a cuddle. I'm just like, Jimmy Barnes just cuddled me. This is the greatest <laughs> moment of my life. Did you have a beer with him after? No, I did not because I didn't want him to see that Scott. <laughs> <laughs> no one needs that guy. That guy's a jerk. I like that guy. Oh, yeah, but he's a jerk. That guy, me and friends. Yeah. Uh, what about uh, Live from Inside, this acoustic show that you, yeah. you did? It looked like a really special show. Yeah, well, it was. Um, I mean, I do one of the things I do is I spend time doing shows in jails um, around the country because unfortunately, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander men are the most incarcerated demographic on the planet per capita, you know, and that includes juvenile prisons as well, which is really not good. And so I just go in and play music and try to be a good role model and hang out and just encourage people. And so we did this one at Bathurst in, in New South Wales and we did an outside set for the maximum security guys. And then we did a stripped back acoustic set. So we took two whole rigs and we did an inside set for the well-behaved dudes, you know, in, inside and that was acoustic. And, and what was powerful about that, and it's on my YouTube channel, you guys can check it out, but I didn't know they'd had a welcome to country earlier. And so all these boys had been painted up for that, like traditional painted up. And so we get we play solid rock and there's a part in the song where I play a, a Yudaki didgeridoo, Yudaki solo. And so I'm playing the, the, the Yudaki and then um, these lads took their tracksuits off and they were painted up and they started just dancing, like traditional dance in the middle of this prison. And it was just, dude, probably the most powerful moment I've ever had in a gig. And, you know, like in that moment, I'm looking at them and I'm fully aware that they have been locked up, some of them for years, and yet in that three minutes, they're connected to their ancestors and they're free. It was very powerful, yeah. Wow. What's that whole process like of organising a gig? Well, I just I just get in touch with, if it's a juvenile prison, I'll get in touch with the school principal and just yeah. go, I'm going to be in town, I want to come and hang out. Um, and so we're going to be doing that on this tour coming up. And nice. Hey, do you know what's really good about that is Fender, the musical instrument company, Fender, who are unbelievably supportive of musos in this country yeah, yeah, yeah. and giving us stuff to give kids oh, in jails. Unbelievable. So Fender are going to be giving guitars Shout for out. kids in jail. Yeah, I mean, props to Fender. They don't have to do that, but they're doing it. Oh, that's incredible. Um, and even Gretsch Drums have given us a drum kit to give to a school in need. So, you know, there's some really good will out there in this country from, you know, Absolutely. Musos helping people. Yeah, cool. Um, but, yeah, just get in touch and go, I'm going to be in town. I want to come through. Awesome, man. Now, we know you're a diehard footy player. Correct. We know that you're a diehard fan of the. <laughs> I know. Got Billy Brownless I know. Too. I, I, I just saw I saw Billy next door, and I just had a few drops of wear my undies. <laughs> Talk to me about he playing. Know, he, he knows that I love him. Though. Talk to me about playing at the Cattery. Well, you know, my whole life I dreamed of playing at Geelong, and then in 2016, when we had, you know, and that was a big deal for me because I released this version of Solid Rock that you guys started playing, and it was massively getting smashed on the radio. And so, yeah. I got a phone call from. This guy, and he goes, hey, Scott, it's such and such from the Geelong Cats. And I thought it was one of my mates stitching me up. And I said, mate, bugger off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hung up on him. Yeah. So he rings me back. He's, no, no, I'm dead set. I'm, I'm such and such from marketing. We want you to play before a game. Whoa. And so they set us up on the terrace underneath the scoreboard, you know. Yeah, yeah, And, dude, the players are warming up on the ground. There's, like the camera goes on the big screen. I'm looking at the screen and I can see Joel Selwood and then they flash to me. <laughs> and I'm like, I pretty much play for Geelong now. Right? <laughs> We're not worthy. Like, I know, right? I'm like, I always dreamed of playing at Cardinia Park. I just thought it would be at centre half forward, not <laughs> not a guild starfire. Did you think about dining up in the full outfit as well? Oh, dude, I was going to, but then my wife was like, 
like I'll divorce you. <laughs> uh, Scott, man, it's been such a pleasure to have you in. I think what we're going to do is talk about what you might potentially have coming up as well, some special shows. Mm. You know what? Let's uh, wait until that's announced. I don't want to get you in trouble, the label in trouble, publicist who I'm looking out, out the window. Uh, Scott, always a pleasure, man. We love this new track. Thanks so much for Thank swinging you so by. Much we for we me, love mate. you, man. Love and you too. Congrats on the new album, the tour to come. It's Thank exciting you. times. Thanks so much.